Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C H E F R A N J O H N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. everybody for joining us today. I'm Coach Chelsea and I'm down here in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, Just an overview of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. We started this thing now eight months ago and it's crazy to say eight months when we're sitting here and enjoying ourselves but they say time flies when you're having fun. Time also flies when you're glorifying God and when we talk about servant leadership and what that looks like and coaching and all different facets of life, you know, seeing what that takes on a different face and Coming into contact with Brian Burton, there was no way I was not going to get you on this call, man. So, you know, coaching different programs, what really stood out for me is, you know, a part of Rising Coaches and actually finding out that he was one of the founding members of that. Uh, Embrace Us, we joined that same link with a couple of listeners that are uh, joining us regularly. Um, And just a great man of God. And we've had a couple of conversations leading up to the day. So I'm just super excited. I told him with just some things he was tweeting out and talk about, I'm like, you already got me hype, man. So I'm just excited to hear from you today. I appreciate your time. And people will hear me say this over and over again. Time is the one thing that you cannot get back. So I thank you for giving it to us. And I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch to you for you to just kind of introduce yourself and talk to us a little bit today. Yeah, thanks so much, uh, Chelsea. It's uh you know, when you reached out, I was like, does she have the wrong inbox? Does she think I'm my brother or something? <laughs> but uh, yeah, very humbled to be able to come on and, you know, just for you to ask me, um, you know, I'm kind of in a, we're all in a different place and with this pandemic, it's put all of us at a new normal um, and even a newer normal for me being in transition in between coaching uh, positions with a logo on my shirt. You know, my wife always talks about and she tells me, uh, job titles are temporary, but purpose is infinite. So I feel like I'm definitely serving my purpose. I feel like I'm definitely uh, in a great space, although I don't have a quote-unquote logo on my shirt. Um, but uh, I think that's the beauty of kind of what uh, the pandemic's kind of opened all of our eyes up to kind of realign our focus. I know uh, Coach Black talked about this on his interview. You know, everybody was praising Jesus and figuring out calls like this to get on. So credit to you for continuing it even as uh, the, the things go back to more new normal. So honored to be on, uh, really humbled and excited just to uh, chop it up a little bit and talk about uh, the one and only. So, yeah. Hey, the GOAT, I was, um, there's a servant leader. He came on, woo, one of the first speakers we had, and I heard him doing an interview the other day. Shout out to Ty Garth. And, and he said, he said, man, God's the GOAT. And I was like, yes, he is. That is so dope. So absolutely. Um, you know, it's one of those things as much like what you said and what um, Coach Corey said is that, you know, when you're doing the will of God, you just move, right? And I was talking to Coach Huff about this a couple of times 
saying, when we know we're in his will, we just move, things fall into place. When he spoke, that's one of the things he talked about, just follow his plan. And if you follow God's plan and not your own, it'll fall into place. So, you know, we'll kick this thing off, man. And I just want to know a little bit, you know, I, 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 prior to this pandemic, I really did not know about rising coaches and all that it is it, glorious, amazing, just, you know, learning and being on all those various platforms. Could you talk to us a little bit about rising coaches, its initiatives and just how it came about? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, and I, I am, although I don't have a logo for college, I do have, uh, I do represent the rising coaches uh, organization quite a bit and blessed to be a part of it. Um, kind of happened. Another God thing. I'll kind of get into that story, but, uh, rising coaches. So I actually was blessed to be a part of it. And they, they asked uh, Adam Gordon kind of talked to me about doing some things on his platform and um, created with him kind of an all access coaches corner is what it's called. So that's probably more so what my baby would be, so to speak. Rising coaches has been going on for uh, 11 years now. Uh, it started as just, so Adam Gordon's the CEO. He was, uh, he's been at all levels, division two, division one, uh, junior college he's been high major at Clemson um, but he kind of came up through the managerial GA video uh, ops kind of roles and eventually was an associate head coach at uh, Southeast Missouri but he stepped away from coaching to do this full-time now so um, going back to his story kind of the reason why he created it is you know in coaching sometimes it feels like you have to be uh, a part of the in crowd or you have to know the who's who or you have to be on a certain list or you just have to have the right uh, connections and he wanted to create a community him and uh, <clears throat> Andy Farrell that's at Dayton uh, they're co-founders and they wanted to create a community of coaches that you could genu generate genuine relationships and not have to be on the A-list so to speak and still be able to get the information but uh, sometimes in our business as we all know it's not always uh, the, the relationships aren't always genuine. So that was kind of the purpose of why they created it. It started around some events, kind of around Final Four. They had one in Vegas as well. Um, and then it just has kind of grown. So in the last probably year since he's been full-time with it and the pandemic probably really helped, um, it's now up to, I think, almost 40,000, 45,000 followers on their social medias. And then um, I think it's oh, just over 1,300 members uh, so it's kind of a community online where you can grow. Uh, everybody wants to rise in some way or another in this business, right? So it just allows you to be able to do that and be free, come as you are. You don't have to, it doesn't matter if you're, I mean, there's one uh, young man who's, I think, still in high school, who's uh, a part of it and as active as anybody. Uh, there's college coaches, there's head coaches, there's high school coaches. Uh, I see David Bentley's on the call today. He's done an amazing job with his um uh, three-level panel where he's brought um, just some of the biggest names in college basketball and in basketball period. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job. Um, so there's a lot of coaches that are there that are now with the pandemic have just done a good job of kind of creating um, a show more or less or creating kind of a uh, an entity within rising coaches to uh, spotlight coaches and, and pay it forward. So um, I've been blessed. I, I really hadn't planned on it, being a part of Rising Coaches, really didn't know a lot about what it was, but kind of how things have gone in this pandemic. Uh, I know Coach Huff's on the call. He's become one of my closest, you know, brothers through this whole thing. And um, it kind of all started, I was doing a Zoom with a, a former colleague of mine uh, called Talking Hoops, just really wasn't promoting it, was trying to stay away from social media, to be honest. Um, 
sometimes depending on who you work for or what place you're at in your career, you're trying to lay low and stay out of the way. So I was really trying to stay out of the way and, and, um, but God didn't want that, you know, he taught me something different. So it started, the, the other one started with about, uh, probably eight, four people the first time moved to 16, 27, 54, a couple of times we had 75. Our biggest one was 90. I think we averaged probably about 50, not that it's about that, but it was just, you know, the fact that not make it about social media and not try to promote it. Um, and so with that, Tommy Strine, uh, I worked for Tick Price, uh, Coach Ryan Price's um, father, who give much props to Ryan Price. I know he's been a servant leader on the show. Uh, Ryan's like a like a family member that we can we can argue and we can get into it and we can talk trash and uh, like real family and uh, we know it's always love, you know. And um, he's just done such a phenomenal job as well with his Let's Grow plant panel and having uh, numerous and various guests from all levels of basketball on Tuesday nights. So if you haven't tapped into that, definitely don't want to miss that. But um, I worked for his father at Lamar, uh, who was one of my great mentors. I worked for him for three years. I uh, could tell you numerous stories about working for him, but um, he was a class act to work for and model what it meant to, to walk in your faith and still use basketball as a ministry. Uh, one of the best people in the business, hands down, um, just such a winner. He's overcome different obstacles in his lifetime and continue to give glory to God. Uh, and Ryan's kind of followed in his footsteps too, just continuing to have success. So uh, I say that Tommy Strine was the director of ops at Lamar and he's from Indiana. I was working at IUPUI, um, was my last job. And he, uh, we kind of just connected through the year and uh, at one point, uh, we connected, and I was trying to get our ops guy connected with him because Tommy was just doing such a good job during the pandemic, and everybody's looking for purpose. And so our guy was one year in the business and uh, got those two hooked up, and Tommy came on one of the uh, Talking Hoop sessions, and he was a part of Rising Coaches, and he was doing a lot of things. And next thing you know, it just kind of led to um, us talking about maybe doing something with Adam uh, at Rising Coaches. And He's like, yeah, I put in a call. I'd be glad to. He's like, they're looking for content. You'd be great. And then I talked to Adam, and Adam was almost like, you know, let's do it. It wasn't a lot of interview. I guess Tommy's word, you know, I give him credit. He he was the link. He was the plug. And uh, other than God, God used Tommy, I'll say. And then so here I am trying to hide during the pandemic and lay low, and, and God just was like, that's not what I want for you. So uh, we started it, and we're in our fourth month now. Um, in our first three months, we've had uh, actually right at 101 guests in uh, three months, uh, largely because we had some social justice roundtables at the end of the month uh, that have had multiple guests on. We had some different panels uh, with, with white and black coaches to kind of create some conversation around how we can make change within basketball and make people more comfortable having those difficult conversations. Um, and I think that's such a big part of how we can create change. It just starts with understanding each other, actually hearing each other out and not listening to all the narratives that are out there in the world or out there on social media or just trying to be politicized uh, for their own you know, purpose and just hearing each other out. I think that's part of it, especially in basketball. We know uh, we coach kids of all races, but majority of our kids are, are, are black, you know, no matter where you coach most of the time in basketball, that's the case. So, um, I was really moved, to be honest. Uh, Coach Huff and Coach Price, who I continue to give credit to, um, I was a witness and a participant in the first Rising Coaches town hall uh, that they had one week 
within one week of George Floyd's uh, awful murder. And I was just so moved. I was like, we got to keep this conversation going. So with all access, Coach's Corner, um, Coach Huff was actually a co-host with me on the very first round table. I thought it was only right. And Ryan was a guest. I thought it was only right because those guys inspired me to do more and with my with the platform that I was given. And uh, from there, we did some uh, we did another one the next month with some junior college coaches, some grassroots coaches, and some grassroots media. Kind of got to the roots of it in the in the neighborhood and the guys that are in the trenches that don't get as much love. And then the very last one we had um, four different social justice groups. One that we're we're all a lot of us are a part of. Uh, Coach Price, myself, yourself, Coach Huff, uh, and Embrace Us, and then Coaches for Change, Coaches for Action, and Coaches Coalition for Progress. And uh, that one was a little bit different. We wanted to try to create some breakout rooms, and uh, most of those people have dove into this topic a lot more. So we wanted to kind of ask some some pretty strong questions and then just figure out how we can join forces and learn from each other. So uh, in, to- in totality, I think with Coach uh, Huff and Coach Ryan uh, Price joining with Rising Coaches. That first one, they had 150. I think in combined of all four, there's over 500 participants that have been a part of it. So uh, that's been powerful. Uh, actually, I'm, I won't get too far ahead of it, but I'm blessed to be a part of some new things. Rising Coaches is, is rolling out with diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, and aligning some of these groups and creating more change within college basketball and also uh, within our neighborhoods. So the Zoom community has been great to me. I uh, didn't expect to again be in, in this place, uh, but that's kind of how God works. Sometimes you're trying to, um, you know, dim your light so that you don't step on anybody's toes or you just kind of stay out of the way. You're trying to play it safe and, you know, and being obedient, you know, guys like, if you're going to be obedient, this is what I want you to do. And so uh, when Rising Coaches came about, uh, I didn't want to make it about me and not that it's, I never liked that. I was a point guard when I played. My brother was the scorer. He'll tell you. Uh, he, he scored a lot more points. You can see his jersey in the background in his home down there, Jason Burton. But, uh, yeah, he had the scoring mentality. I was definitely the pass-first guy. I just wanted to see everybody uh, eat, so to speak, and, and figure out how to win. I was definitely blessed to be a winner and put up a banner. My, my alma mater our last season was a co-captain. But, uh, you know, winning and creating winning opportunities for people is, is what I'm all about and glorifying God in the process. So it's it's cool how it's all came about, you know, how how, it's, how God can work. And even when, you know, you feel like you're not very big or you may be more, you may be less significant because you don't have a jersey. Let's be honest. It's such an, it's such an identifier. It's such a uh, point of status and prestige to be a college basketball coach, to be a coach, period, um, but especially to be a college basketball coach. So to be in between jobs and not have a quote-unquote logo but um, God is kind of doing what he wants to do with me and through me and I'm just like however you want to use me so uh, that part has probably been uh, super rewarding and like my wife says job titles are they are temporary I've had a bunch of them I'm sure most people on this call or most people that listen have had a bunch of them and we'll have more but uh, you know your purpose never changes so the fact that I'm able to still serve um, you know I believe my purpose is threefold. I finally kind of defined that a little bit over this pandemic after going through Groundhog Day like all of us have, looking around like, man, what am I doing? Uh, Can't get out the house. So yeah, I kind of defined it uh, to relentlessly serve, being number one, um, to, and not in this order, but just, this is just the order that I kind of came up with it. And then uh, to positively help others. I think sometimes we want to help others, but we want to do it our way. 
And I think that's where God has taught me a lot of humility to, you know, to just figure out a do, way to do it in a positive way and with positive energy. And even if that person may not be ready to receive it, that's okay. As long as you're doing it in a positive way, uh, as best you can in an honest way, in a real way, because it's not just all about always just being positive only, but being real. So positively helping others and then impacting for Christ. You know, I think that's, those things are the things that really matter to me. And so in the days when I wasn't sure what was going to happen or in between jobs and you, you're kind of in this place in the pandemic where, you know, you can't get out and can't interact with people. Um, just kind of plugging into those things has kind of helped me find more purpose in what I was doing. And then it's kind of grown. It started with a zoom with one of my boys just wanting to grow and, getting some some fellas on there and some people on there. And then next thing you know, it's growing into something that is kind of leading into uh, a great space for me in this time period, whether the good Lord wants me back in college basketball or he wants me to continue doing things with rising coaches and some of the other things I'm doing. You know, I think the, the thing like we always say when you're at any job uh, is be great where your feet are, which is so much easier said than done. But in being great where your feet are, I think, um, again, credit to my wife to, you know, just kind of help me focus. She's a, she's a coach as well. I got to give props to her. She's, she's the real coach in the family outside of my brother. Um, so my wife has been a head coach at two different Division II universities for volleyball. Um, she's broken records. She's done an incredible job. She's owned a volleyball club for the last 10 years. And uh, she was a two-sport athlete in college, and not many people have done that in, in Division One level. She played at Colgate. So she's also really smart. Um, so that's where my kids get it from, thank God. And, uh, yeah, so – and I'll get to our story later, but she's she's been a godsend without question. But, um, you know, just from her being in junior college, she's been in Division One, associate head coach. She's been a head coach. She's been a Division Two assistant. She's been at all levels. So I think the fact that, you know, I'm blessed to have such a wife who understands this business, but she always sees the best in me, no matter what logo I have or don't have, which, you know, a great wife would. And, um, you know, like I said, that's my best recruit because she just continues to um, pour into me no matter what is going on. I mean, we've lived literally as a family, we've lived in seven places combined in three years of marriage. So most marriages would have folded through adversity or um, argue or, you know, this business is hard. This life is hard. Being married is hard. You know, being a parent is hard. So you put those things together. Um, I think one of my friends said it best. It's like when you Google some of the major stresses that you have in your life, it's like marriage, childbirth, uh, job loss, career change, moving. Um, and we've experienced all of those. And, uh, I can say we're stronger than we've ever been and we're in the best place we've ever been. And um, yeah, so I'm just excited to see. Um, I got baptized last June and that part of my life, I've always been a believer. I grew up, you know, my mom is, I heard coach black talking about his mom. I can tell you my mom is one of the best spiritual advice she gave me is like, God is going to continue to challenge you. I remember I was a freshman at St. Edward university in Austin and it's like God is going to continue to challenge you and test you in different ways and different forms with the same test in different ways in different forms until you pass it and get the lesson he wants you to get. And it stuck with me since my freshman year because I probably wanted to leave because as a freshman, you don't play as much as you want. And uh, here I am playing Division Two. I play with my older brother, Darian, who played Division One as well at Centenary for Billy Kennedy, uh, who just retired from uh, A&M recently. But um 
yeah, I was following my big brother's footsteps, wanted to go play with him. And I was like, man, this is, this is too hard. And my mom told me that advice way back then. So I've always grown up a believer. Uh, we were in church in spots, not all the time, um, but it was always something that was a big part of me because of my mom. And then, um, yeah, you, you go through your different phases. I, I probably dedicated my life to Christ when I was in Utah. I was in, I was on the staff at University of Utah there and went through some tough times. I worked for Jim Boylan, who just uh, was recently the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. And, uh, yeah, just and coached a, a guy named Marshall Henderson, who uh, was a star at Ole Miss and helped him go to the tournament. And he's from Dallas. I coached him in AU. And so, anyway, I uh, – I went through some hard times. One of my best friends to this day, Johnny Bryant, uh, new associate head coach for the um, New York Knicks, and, and not not trying to name drop by any means, but just telling my story. But I, I ended up living on his couch, you know, just trying to figure out life. And uh, he's one of the first people who really was about his walk with Christ and about basketball and about doing both. And he still was a cool cat, still had – you know, swag, if anyone knows him on his call or knows of him, I mean, he's he's as down to earth as he gets and, you know, still one of my best friends to this day. We just just talked just recently. He just got hired with the Knicks. He was with the Utah Jazz, but I'm living on his couch. You know, I'm living on his couch and figuring out life. And, you know, it's the first time where I really just surrendered and just said, God, you know, you take the wheel. And so from there, my career kind of, I stepped out of the game for a little while on purpose. I worked for Nike, um, did some skill development stuff. I had some uh, 24-hour fitness contract with my friend, actually, Nick Graham, who just finished the book. He's in Dallas. Um, he's a trainer. He helped me get a 24-hour fitness contract to train out of. I worked with Kyle Maneri, who was, um, who was uh, a Nike elite trainer and worked with, you know, somebody. I worked with the girls' side, actually, at that time, with some of the elite girls in the country. So um, some of the girls are in the WNBA now. Um, so anyway, I say that. But God called me back. He's like, I didn't make you for this part. I, I have more for you in college basketball. So I got hired by Grant McCaslin at Abilene Christian, uh, who's now the head coach at North Texas, just won a Conference USA Championship. And uh, one of the best things I could have done, not only to be at Abilene Christian, is where I met my wife. Uh, she was an assistant coach at her Division II then. and then, But Grant was the first head coach. I uh, talked about Coach Tick Price already. Grant was the first head coach I worked for before Coach Price, who really walked the walk to use coaching as his ministry and uh, still does, still is a close friend. He was at my wedding, um, somebody I talk to regularly and um, has, a, has been a great influence to me. So uh, and then I worked for Joe Gold and Grant McCasin got hired two, probably two months later to Baylor and he was out to his alma mater as an assistant coach and Joe Golden gets the job and uh, I was able to go through that transition of being a division two to transitioning to a division one. And uh, Joe Golden was uh, still a great friend of mine still to this day. And he was just recently on coach prices. Uh, Let's grow. And he's taken that program from where we started. It was a cool moment. I went back to practice uh, a year ago before we started our season. And um, my twins, my wife's twin sister coaches college volleyball at Cal state Fullerton and she had a tournament at Abilene Christian. So we go back and cool. We kind of take a picture where me and my wife met, which was cool. And our daughters were there, but um, I went to practice and, um, you know, Brett Tanner, the associate head coach uh, at uh, Abilene Christian, he, he brought me to the center circle and he was like, man, this guy helped us lay the foundation, uh, which he didn't have to do that. But, you know, being who they are, 
they went to the NCAA tournament. They did the unthinkable. So after going through the Division One to Divi- Division Two to Division One transition, um, they cut down the nets two years after they were eligible to and went to the NCAA tournament. So uh, most teams, period, don't get to go, let alone if you've just transitioned from Division Two. So he gave me a cool moment of flowers where they acknowledged me at half court uh, after practice and just said, hey, this coach was here our first year doing our hardest time, you know, laying a foundation. Um, and God used my time at Abilene Christian very well. That's when I first learned about the word serve, to be honest, and using servanthood and, and servant leadership. And uh, I was able to see that a lot by the people on campus. Uh, one of the professors, Bible professors and pastors around there, he, he actually married me and my wife. So Abilene Christian was a great stop. And uh, I've been blessed. I've been to six different Division ones now at this point in my career. Uh, I did five years at junior college uh, with some nationally ranked junior colleges and had some great experience. Coached Division two, played Division two and Division three. Uh, kind of been, I've been out of it before and done the training skills thing. So uh, I've been blessed to be at kind of all levels of basketball. And I think the one thing that doesn't change is, you know, again, your purpose and the impact you can make through, the, through this orange ball. So that's the reason why I'm here today. So that's a little bit of my story. And again, I'm just so grateful to be on. So awesome, man. And, you know, you, you're reminding me of uh, Coach Karen Barefoot at UNC Wilmington. Uh, she came on uh, months ago and she talked about orange ball blessings, orange ball blessings. And, and you just reminded me of that. And, and one of the things that, you know, um, I heard a while ago, it's not mine, but it just talks about when you trust a little bit to a big God, it does a lot. Um, and that's a lot of what I hear in your message. It's just you know, turning over to God, like your mom says, and God will. He will test you. Like, child, you ain't get it yet. That's all right. All right, I'm going to teach you. So I'm going to run that thing back, right? We always talk about reteaching. So God does a whole lot of reteaching with us, but he knows. And, and I'm thankful for all that, that, that you shared. You know, you talked about how that logo, and I love how your wife put that, you know, that when that purpose is the same, it doesn't matter what logos on that shirt, right? That's just where God has placed you in that moment to serve. Um, but speaking of that, we all know as coaches and as leaders, we endure ups and downs, not only in our personal lives, but just in these transition times as coaches, you know, so how do you remain fit in terms of staying fresh? So we know calls can just come out of the blue. What do you do to keep your tools sharpened for when that call does come? Yeah, I think first, the first thing is, uh, it all goes back to your habits, which I think all of us kind of got checked again during COVID, uh, during the pandemic, (laughs) whether we thought we had good habits or not, we learned, uh, we got exposed and we had to get a little more in tune with ourselves and our families. But um, I think the part for uh, what I've probably really learned, it's kind of like whatever's inside in mind, you know, it's like with our players as coaches, we are what we emphasize as coaches, you know, and it's the same thing um, with our habits. We are, we are what our habits are, you know, so if our habits are uh, to, you know, only look at social media or to only uh, hang out with a certain crowd or to only worry about uh, if we're getting glory or whatever it may be, you know, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of whatever we put our energy into. So I think just keeping, keeping Christ inside in mind, uh, again, the pandemic, whether sometimes we think as believers, we're at a certain point in our walk and like, oh, I'm good. Like I went to church a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I went to church last month or I did a devotional the other day. I'm good. You know, me and God are good. I, you know, God knows I love him. You know, we pray. And I think, um, yeah, the, the further we get disconnected from the network, 
the harder it is to get the signal to, to follow his lead. So I, I look at it the, the analogy of when you go to your laptop or your phone and you, you click on the Wi-Fi and you have all these different options of what you want to um, kind of tap into, what network do you want to tap into? And I think there's, you know, God has his own Wi-Fi channel, so to speak, that he wants us to stay plugged into that network. And I think it's hard to do, especially now with all the distractions and all the different narratives and all the different um, rhetoric and political and, you know, even, even things as simple as, you know, I'm wearing my, my say her name shirt today. You know, I think that's a really uh, important thing for, for us as black people to continue to just, you know, fight for more respect, more uh, equality. You know, it's not saying we have to be treated better than we just want to get to a point where we're treated uh, equal to, you know, and we haven't been that. And I think people are seeing that more and more, but even in something as simple as that, you know, different people can, take this narrative and <clears throat> try to change it to something that's not. <clears throat> so I think it's easy to get distracted. I think for players, coaches, it's, it's as challenging of time as it's ever been because there's so many distractions. You know, with social media, there's seven different social media platforms you can be distracted by, whether it's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. I mean, you can get caught up in any of them. YouTube, even if it's, you know, if you want to include that one too. And I think uh, just staying plugged into the network and, and being intentional as intentional as you can be about your habits to just make first things first, you know, things like tithing, it's not something people talk about a lot, but you know, the first 10% of your, your income, whatever that may be, it should go to, you know, uh, should go to God, you know? And so I think it's hard to do if you're not intentional and you're not focused on it, if you don't have your priorities in line. So, and all of us are human, we can all fall off track, but you know, I think that's where it goes back to having, you know, my brother, um, people like Coach Huff, people like my wife, people like Coach Bryant, who I spoke of, to just have teammates. You want to have teammates in Christ just like you have teammates in anything else. And I think that's that's what makes you sharper. That's what makes you stronger. That's what makes you – because even when you hoop, you know, let's be honest, like I'm sure the Lakers probably feel like they let one slip away and the Nuggets feel like they let one slip away before that. But when you have great teammates, you just kind of rally together and you get back refocused and – um, you support each other through, you know, good and bad times. So I think that's the biggest thing is, um, and one, one sermon I heard and one of many messages. I, so I talked about getting baptized. I didn't go into it too much, but uh, God really wanted me to focus on three things. And, I, and I, when I was in Utah, I gave my life to Christ, but I never did the baptism part. And that was a new step I needed to make about a year ago. Um, I was actually in between jobs at that time too which is part of this business, right? And that's part of the seven seven cities and three years of marriage. Um, a lot of them were promotions, but then sometimes when you hit a wall in this business and you realize that this business is very real, we all get hired to get fired at some point. And so um, I was in between jobs and God was just like, you know, you're, you're getting a little bit too caught up in this business, you know, to be honest. And I can be frank and say that. Um, you're getting a little too caught up in the ways of this business. And you're getting a little bit, further away from me you know you 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 don't have your heart's in the right place but I need your actions to be more uh, I need who you are in the light to be the same person you are in the dark and it wasn't that at that time to be honest uh, and I have no problem saying that so the three things he really worked on me I, I was blessed my dad invited me to a to a men's conference my brother was there uh, some other guys my dad knows and some other people that are friends with my brother and um, you know, iron sharpens iron. I brought up my younger brother many times. 
he's the all-time winningest coach at his Division II school and um, was nationally ranked last year. And, um, but I just I have so much – give so much glory and credit to him because um, he's walked it consistently, you know, and I've been the one that's probably been more inconsistent and depending on the day, depending on the weather, depending on how I'm feeling that day or – you know, I just haven't had the same habits as him to be as consistent. You know, I think my heart's always been in the right place, but I give so much credit to him because he's been that. And then so has my wife. So when you surround yourself by those kind of people, iron sharpens iron. So uh, the three things God really wanted me to focus on was uh, obedience, number one, um, humility, number two, and trust. And really in him, because I think sometimes uh, what probably made me good as an athlete, having a strong will, was made me good as a recruiter at times, was made me good even as a coach, having a strong will and determination and not being afraid to put in the work. But I think sometimes as coaches and as men, we think that we're the reason why it's happening, you know, and I'll just make it happen. You know, even when you're in between jobs, I'll just make the next job happen. Or you want to get this recruit, I'll just make it happen. I'll just do this and then I'll do this. And uh, when you have that kind of will and determination, you try to think you can apply that and it's a strength, but anything used too much, God wants us in that balance and that moderation. So um, I had to learn those things and get checked on that. And so, yeah, I think one, some of the sermons I heard during that time after getting baptized and really being open-minded to be obedient was, well, God doesn't work in straight lines. You know, he works in zigzags. So he's going to zig you over here and zag you over there because those are the places where you learn the lessons along the way. You know, if you work, if it was in straight lines all the time or most of the time, it would be a lot easier and we wouldn't appreciate the journey as much. We wouldn't uh, get the lessons that he has. So that was one of my favorite sermons during that time. Another one was about kind of to answer your question. Um, two of the ones I really liked was uh, we're at our best when we're helping others, you know, and that's one of the sermons we're naturally as human beings, um, you know, this, this, particular zoom is about servant leadership and that's really what christ was you know although he although he had his uh his um his other side his wrath side and, and his tough side like we all do um but he was a servant leader and, and that's what he wants us to be and we're at our best we're designed to be at our best when we're helping others uh and then one of the last ones was just talking about it's not about where you want to be you know but it's about who god wants you to become along the journey because we're always on a journey, you know, um, I'm a father of two, uh, recently, uh, my youngest is one and a half, 18 months, uh, may have been married three years, you know, all those different moves, uh, all of us at some point, if you were an assistant, you aspire to be a head coach. I'm sure coach Chelsea, you were an assistant at one point in time. So there's always different times where God's going to get us out of our comfort zone. So we're always on this constant journey of growth, we should be lifelong learners. Uh, that's what I'm definitely striving to be. And, you know, in that process of being a lifelong learner, it's about the becoming, you know, and I think it's not just becoming just who we want to be, but really when we can tap into who God wants us to be. And I think the hard part about this profession that we work in as college athletics is it's so prestige based, uh, public, public opinion, public, your public figure. So it's so much about perception. It's so much about uh, getting pats on the back. Everything you do is public knowledge. You sign a good player, public knowledge. You lose a game, public knowledge. You get a promotion, public knowledge. You know, you go to a recruiting event and everyone has their shirts on and it's like, 
they're talking about what you did. So there's so much ego, insecurity, pride, uh, money, let's be honest. So it's a lot of worldly things and you can kind of get lost and, and caught up in that. And, I, and I'll, I'll be the first to say some of my time in this business, I have, you know, kind of gotten lost in some of that and it's natural as human. But I think the part where, you know, where you can be most free, in my opinion, is when you can really own who you are for the good, for the strength, for the weakness, for the, I got fired and talk about it, or, Hey, I got promoted here. Or, hey, I had success here. And, really just being able to own all of who you are. Hey, I'm not as good as X knows as this guy. Or, hey, this guy, I'm, I'm really good at recruiting, coach. I think I may be able to help you here. Or, hey, coach, I'm really good at, you know, skill development. I'm, whatever it may be, or in a, even in an interview, you know, just um, some of my recent interviews, I think I've had some of my best ones. Um, and some of them I got offered, some of them I didn't, you know. But because I was free and I was just me, I wasn't trying to win an interview anymore. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go in here and be me. And if they want that, then it's going to work, you know, and God is going to line this thing up. If they don't, then at least I know I gave my best shot and I'm not trying to fit into a box or trying to tell them the answer that they want to hear, which is easier said than done, right? We all know that this business is hard. This, this profession is hard and it's so competitive. So uh, I think that's the part where the becoming uh, and, and then just being free and who you are and your purpose, kind of like Coach Black said on his Zoom with you, um, and Coach Huff has talked about before as well. And then, you know, just owning who you are, own your story. You know, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be uh, – don't think it makes you less than because, you know, again, as men and as people, but especially as men, you know, um, I can't speak of what it's like to be a woman, of course. I have my wife to give me that knowledge. Um, but, you know, as men, we, we, we're not taught to be vulnerable. You know, we're not taught that that's a strength we're not taught that we can use that as a, as a weapon, so to speak. So, uh, but even with our players, you know, we talk about mental health now and all the stuff that's going on. You hear NBA players, Dak Prescott just came out with his and, you know, it's, it's real. And if we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable with our players and with people and with our stories, I think it's hard to have as much credibility as you want to have. It's hard to really be connected to. I think the best pastors um, that most of us listen to or that, that vibe with, like they have a story, they have a journey. They're not afraid to make fun of themselves. They're not afraid to, you know, kind of celebrate their good stuff, but humble themselves real quick and tell you how they didn't have it figured out. And I think there's so much power in that. And I think I'm learning so much more about, you know, I don't have it all figured out. I, I don't know how I got with rising coaches, to be honest. I don't know how I, these people decided that they wanted to come on. And uh, I don't know how I even got here, but you know, I know I, where I'm giving the glory to because somehow, some way, you know, God is um, working through me because he knows I'm being obedient. He knows I want to impact for him. And then, you know, ran randomly you get that inbox like, hey, man, you want to come talk to us? It's like, you sure? <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's that's kind of uh, how I would hope that I would answer that question about, you know, how you stay ready. I think it's just about your own journey and where you are and how in tune you can be to God's network and then, you know, becoming and not worrying about where you're going to be, you know, just who you're going to become. Because once you become who you, who he wants you to become, he's going to put you in the rooms he wants to put you in. He's going to open doors that no man can shut. No, you answered that perfectly. Um, and I tell you why I believe so. So many reasons in that. But it's exactly what you said about that vulnerability, right? And there's a couple of individuals that came on and we were talking about that very thing. Um, and one of the things that I tweeted out about it this morning is 
you know, we try to hide those parts. I love when you said, you know, the same person you are in the light should be the same person you are in the dark when those lights and cameras turn off, right? Um, but even that is in our weaknesses because in our weaknesses, he's strong. He gives us that strength. And as long as I'm having those moments, those valley moments teach us, right? They show us the dependence that we need on him. And, and I appreciate you saying that because so often, it is in these times growing to be something that becomes a conversation, right? Seeing Mike Prescott, you know, uh, Sean Love was another one that just was like, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care how much accolades and how much money I have, there is no record that can pull me out of where I was. Right. And so I think you're so right about that. And God uses us in our weakness. He uses us, you know, like they say all the time, our mess was for our message. My test was for my testimony. And sometimes we unlock the freedom in other people just being who we are. Oh, I'm so glad that you you pinpoint that because here's the thing, how I am, if it's straight with God, he's going to place me where he wants me. So I love that you said that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes we think our problems are, we get embarrassed, you know, we get, we, we're human. We get embarrassed or we get uh, a little bit ashamed or we feel a certain type of way or people may look at us less or I may not get that opportunity or I may not get in that in crowd or whatever it may be. Because it happens with kids too, you know. I see it in my my little kids, and you're trying to teach them the power and not, you know, having to feel that way. But uh, so many times, and our problems lead us to our purpose. You know, the problems that we have, and, and I love, you know, obviously, you know, Kanye's kind of been different versions of Kanye, and bless his heart, you know, we're still praying for Kanye to get back to uh to, to backpack and pink polo, Kanye. But uh, everything I'm not, maybe everything I am. You know, and I mean, there's so much power he used to speak and in and, and, and his lyrics. And it's so true, you know, what he said in that. So, yeah, I, I appreciate what you said in that because it's, it's definitely, uh, again, it's not something we're taught. It's not something that uh, Jareem Dowling, another friend of mine um, who I've gotten closer to because of my friends that are on the staff at North Texas, I've gotten close to him. And um, he came on the Talking Hoops platform that we had and, um, he talked about, he was going to talk about basketball, but he just said, scrap it. I'm just talking about mental health. And he told his own story about mental health and how hard it is in this profession as a coach and things that he went through. And, uh, you know, we've gotten closer and closer over this time. Uh, and really since he's been at probably North Texas. Um, but I say that to say, you know, I could relate so much in what he was talking about. I think when you share that story and now that he's a conference champion and the success story, it's like, man, he had that. Well, well, I've had that too. And then who knows how many other people in the room had, had, can relate to that. And it gives them some strength to say, you know what, it's okay to feel the way I feel. Because most of the time, we feel alone in our own space. We feel like we're the only ones. And if we come out of that space, then people are going to look at us a certain way. People are going to judge us. People are not going to be for us, you know, whatever it may be. And I think he even said it after that, he got invited to speak about mental health on a couple of different other platforms. So, you know, I think that's the part about now is as black men as, as, and as black people, period, but hopefully as people, period. But obviously, um, I can only speak from my, my stance and my, my, my um, where my feet are. And, you know, hopefully as black people, we feel as empowered as ever to just be ourselves. You know, you don't have to be in a box anymore, because I think sometimes and not to get too on a tangent with the social justice, but I think so many times it felt like the boy who cried wolf, like, oh, here black people go again. They're complaining, you know, oh, this guy's kneeling because he wants more attention because of, you know, but it's like, 
it's all been valid, you know, and now people are starting to see that, you know, for the NBA, credit to them, WNBA for, you know, allowing guys to change their jerseys, the back of their jerseys and the court. And, you know, those are symbolic things. Those are not necessarily tangible change. We're still pushing for more tangible change, but it's to even have those steps, it would be unheard of to think that that would ever happen. You know, for Roger Goodell to get on uh, and make a message and say that he was wrong uh, and say that, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and for him to be doing the things he's doing as major players that influence our world and sports. Because sports and, and music, let's be honest, is one of some of the biggest influences we have. So for those platforms to now be about uh, change and be open to that conversation and feel like we have partnership and alliance with, you know, not just white people, but all people that are understanding it's a, it's a, it's a bigger thing, but it's in particular white people because they are the majority in our country and they are the people that are the decision makers in most companies, organizations, you know, and so for that to be a part of the conversation for real is uh, I think that part is powerful and hopefully we can just continue to grow and make more and more change, you know, so. Yeah, I can talk about that all day. I didn't mean to get on that. <laughs> no, I think it was perfect. And, you know, the last thing I say before I open it up to anybody else that mm -hmm. has something, I was reminded of um, a podcast I was listening to the other day and um, not my own. This was amazing. Um, and it was from Trans Transformation Church. Um, and there was a visiting pastor and she talked about that there's gift and loss. And she said the gifts that we receive in loss, we would never give, you know, or get if we're still in our positivity, if we're, we're where we need to be. And she said that, you know, the first gift and loss is understanding the gift of frustration is fruit. And she said the gift of trauma is trust mm. and the gift of loss is life. And we won't meet those things because we don't realize God can meet our needs if we don't go through those things. So I think that is like the most perfect platform and the perfect you know design that's laid out there so you didn't go on a tangent I think you were right on time absolutely I appreciate that yeah so guys at this time I'm gonna open it up for any questions or comments that you have for coach uh you know let it rip there's no order here just let it rip and I, I should give a quick shout out to to my to my uh partner in crime with all access Mr. Nietzsche Miller uh family member she is uh she's the real brains behind the operation she does most of the hard work I just kind of show up and, um, you know, assist her, to be honest. But she likes to be behind the scenes. She is uh, as gifted and talented as it gets. So I want to make sure she gets a little bit of her flowers, even though I probably should be giving her way more. But I'm, I'm working on that. And I'm going to second that emotion. You know, you very rarely do you find people who will come outside of what they're doing to, as you say, give flowers and cheer on other people, especially. Right that we don't know and especially these times where there's so many different people trying to do so many different things but at the end of the day we need that you know there was a quote I heard a long time ago and it said in servant leadership the best leaders they don't lead followers they lead and make better leaders right. so you know so shout out again uh, Anisha I'm, I'm adding a, a dozen roses on top of Brian's uh, just for the kindness you showed me um, in when we put Brian on so thank you for that Y'all know I can go all day, so I'm giving y'all a chance, right? Hey, Coach. How you doing, Patrick? I'm doing well. I'm here in Orlando, Florida. I just wanted to say, um, uh, first of all, with uh, rising uh, coaches, yeah. uh, that is a, a unbelievable group. 
And it's just so funny how I came across uh, that, that entire group. My uh, nephew is, and I'm not trying to name drop or anything, my nephew is Nigel uh, Thomas at uh, North Carolina Central. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so he goes to the Final Fours every, like every year he goes to the Final Four with his group. He did it for a number of years at North Carolina uh, Wesleyan. And so um, I was like, I can't get down there. How, you know, how can I, you know, how can I get this information? And so Nigel, I forgot which coach it was, but Nigel said, hey, listen, um, just send a message over to them and let them know that you can't get down there. And then they'll send out, they'll send out like what's going, you know, what's going on and their talks and presentations. And I thought to myself, I was like, are these folks might be connected to Christ because they're sharing and their hearts are so like open. And now I'm listening to you and your, your heart is like that. So my question is, um, how do we, how do we connect to have uh, more, um, um, more coaches to have this kind of spirit? You know, we had some coaches on the servant uh, leader not too long ago, and he was saying that it's really tough for uh, African-American coaches, for whatever reason, to like share info and giving, you know, giving out and talking about, you know, like just talking about life in general. How do we uh, go about uh, uh, presenting that in, 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 in this spirit, in this fashion? Yeah, Patrick, thanks so much for uh, just for joining today. Thanks for <clears throat> some of your comments and your nonverbal head nods. You've been awesome. I appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so for starters, I'll say uh, I haven't met uh, Coach Thomas. We've kind of messaged on a couple of these Zooms, just kind of on chat and on text. But uh, right. I respect how much he's he's investing to grow during this time because he's, he's normally posting and sharing his notes and uh, making sure, you know, he's he's really – um, about his life. Some people are on just to be on, but he's definitely on to grow and get better. So uh, credit to him. Uh, yeah, great question. I mean, yes. first just to say with the uh, rising coaches, I think the alignment, um, the alignment is so important as you grow in this business, you know, and I think that's something I haven't talked about yet, but just aligning yourselves with people that fit you as far as your values, your beliefs, you're not going to agree on everything. Your yes, basketball sir. philosophy may be off a little bit and you may want, zone and they want man but that doesn't matter if you're who you are as a person and what your values are as a person and what you believe in and what you stand for uh, I think those things need to be in line uh, more times than not if you can because those are when you're going to be at your best um, as a person you're going to feel more valued you're going to feel more in sync so uh, I'm blessed to be a part of rising coaches and I, again I give credit again to David Bentley who I know is on the call uh, who's another a uh, really devout believer and a guy who's a servant leader himself. And, you know, again, he's, he's had as, as great a zoom, um, you know, 25 weeks or so, 24 weeks. I don't even know where it's at now um, as anybody, you know, and he's had three people mm -hmm. on per time and that's not easy to do and not easy to continue to manage. And, but it's mm -hmm. hard. You know, I've, I've gotten to know him through a future friend of mine too. And uh, that's at Lamar coach Cantafio is a friend of his and, so anyway, he just raves about him before I even met him. And so um, I think those are the type of people that Adam and rising coaches 
want to attract and they want that genuine sincerity of who you are. Um, and I think, I think there's more of that in people than they're willing to let out. But I think sometimes the business you're trying to, you're trying to fit in, you know, and I don't mean it. In like, fit. I don't mean it in a bad way, but you're just trying to no, find you're trying to ascend. You're trying to figure out like I belong. And so in doing that, the business isn't really designed like that. You know, it's a cutthroat competitive, you know, sometimes win at all costs type of profession. So um, I think rising coaches is a real light in the industry. And I think that's why I'm so blessed to be a part of it. I think it's all about, you know, letting people r run their race and be celebrated for who they are. And like I said, have genuine relationships and have help without having mm -hmm. any ulterior motives. You don't have to get a player or bring a player or <clears throat> have a, uh, a certain in or, Right. anything like that. So I think that starts it. Um, it's just more groups like that. And I think, again, I, I've given credit to Ryan Price and I'll give it to him again and Coach Huff with the things he does with his podcast. Uh, I haven't gotten to know Coach Mo Williams. He's a part of Embrace Us as well. He's got a podcast. I think more people now, especially black and brown people, are starting to step out of the box and say, um, we're going to show love to each other. You know, it, don't have to, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be competitive. It Normally for us, us if we want to be very direct and blunt it's there's one of us our staff unless you're at a high major there's usually two um i think adam hood gave those statistics 1.8 at a high major is normally the average um and there's normally one per staff and then you're recruiting some of the same areas you know so if ryan price is at southern and i'm at lamar or, or brandon chappelle is at lamar they may be recruiting the same guy and you may feel like you have to be competitive for that kid and there may be a job opening somewhere regionally and you That's feel right. like you have to compete against that black assistant because there's only one. And so, so many times we haven't taken the time to really be able to fellowship and bond and, and not make it about our job and climbing and just crabbing the bucket sometimes uh, industry. So I think the pandemic has been amazing for, for all coaches, you know, all races, but in particular mm -hmm. and in specific, you know, for black coaches, I think it's been way better as far as the collaborations more than it's ever been, the support for each other is more than it's ever been. Um, I call, you know, one of my proverbial big brothers in uh, Alvin Brooks III, I call him the pioneer because I, I feel like he started a lot of this with his Be Ready platform and making it, you know, he's he, he's a high major assistant at the team that was number one in the country. He made it acceptable to be a black man to, to, to have a platform and have other people come on and share and just wanting to help people um, through his That's platform it. and he wanted to serve same servant leadership and so I think it starts there and I think not because of him but I think he was one of the guys that could go first uh, mm -hmm. and he was at a high enough level that made it acceptable and then next thing you know um, a lot of people are doing different things whether it's podcasts zooms whatever it may be to, mm -hmm. to, to highlight other and celebrate other uh, people of color so I think that's a beautiful thing and hopefully we just continue that and continue adding on to it. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Great question. I know, I know Huff's a little upset about his Falcons. We don't want to go too much about Huff. Sorry about that, man. So it's, it's, it's tough out there in ATL, right? Hey, now. Watch out. Watch out, Brian. <laughs> I'm being nice. I'm being nice. I got a lot of Cowboy fans <laughs> on here. Uh, um, th there was one thing I want to share that I got from a, from a, from a, actually from a Zoom, um, I was invited to be a part of with Coaches for Action. Uh, John Gordon came on. He spoke, and uh, a couple of things he said I thought that were relevant to these times. I woke up heavy-hearted today. 
uh, with all that's going on with, with in Louisville and just in our country period, but in particular with that, um, hence why I'm wearing the shirt and the shirt only goes so far, but I, I wanted to share this because I thought it was relevant. He talked about the five D's that we're all overcoming right now. He talked about doubt, uh, which are concerns. He talked about distortion, the negative thoughts or, or, or the lies. He talked about discouragement, distraction, and division. You know, uh, he said the root word of anxious means to be divided. So he talked about those five D's and he said to overcome those five D's, the first thing with doubt, you have to trust. Um, the first thing with distortion, you have to speak to the lies. Uh, when you're discouraged, you have to encourage. So sometimes you may feel discouraged and you have to encourage others. To, to And the word encourage, uh, he talked about means to put courage into. Um, and then um, with distraction, just focus on what matters most, your purpose, your mission, uh, and not get distracted with all the other stuff. And then during division, just unite, you know, find ways to unite, to unite. And he talked about the soul doesn't know colors, you know, the soul uh, knows oneness. So we're, we're created to have oneness. And so anyway, I just uh, love casts out fear. He talked about it and love makes you pursue excellence. You know, I, I haven't spoken on this, but I, I do think that's the most powerful weapon we have. I think the good Lord talks about that over and over again. And that's the servant leadership. That's the heart of love. Um, and so I think that's the part where uh, if we're going to make this change like we all want to make, and again, I keep bringing it back to that, but I'm just very heavy hearted about uh, what's going on in our country and uh, love is the way to do it. You know, even despite not getting our way, even despite um, not feeling like we're being respected, it's, it's love casts out that fear in us and in our, and in our brothers and sisters. And then love makes us pursue excellence, even when other people aren't, you know? So I think, um, during these times, we just, we need more love and we need more of that trust, speaking truth to lies, encouragement, focus on what matters most and, and uniting. So I did want to share that. I, I was thinking about it when you were talking, I was like, let, let me share this before I forget. Cause I thought it was powerful and it stuck with me ever since I heard it. It was definitely powerful and right on time, you know, because I was, um, as my pastor would say, somewhere over there in John, where <laughs> 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 you right now. But, you know, you're right. Love is, you know, the key. And one of the things that he always presses extra in there is that God calls us to love one another as he loves us. And if you take a look at that real quick, you start to think about, okay, wait now. Sometimes I am so unlovable, but he loves me anyhow. Right. Sometimes I've done things that should be unforgivable, but he forgives me anyhow. So not just love, but I'm going to extend everything that you said, which was perfect to take a minute for the next moment in, in, in this world that we're living in today from start to finish. And if we love one another as God loves us, it will really change our actions if we're doing that. See, we're, so a lot of us are loving, but they're loving in their own definition. God calls us to love as he loves us and that will change some things. So I think that was perfect. And, 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 and love our neighbors as we love ourselves. There it is. And won't that change some things? And you find that there's a direct correlation with that because a lot of people don't know how to love themselves. Right. Right. It, it, sometimes they are loving people how they love themselves because they don't love themselves. I got, so, I got another good nothing one. Nothing but a I, word. Uh, Go ahead. Family friend of ours, uh, when I worked at Fresno State, uh, it's funny, my wife and I, we drove, we, so we played San Jose State on Valentine's Day. We got the win. And one of her friends, whose boyfriend more or less was on the team or on the, on the staff, 
uh, but it was my wife's girlfriend. They drove down to the game and we're driving back. She's asleep and um, we're kind of having a disagreement in the front seat a little bit. Not a real argument, but a disagreement. And I never forget this. She woke up and she has this soft spoken voice and she's like half asleep, but she's talking and she said, do you guys mind if I share with you the platinum rule? And I was like, I don't know nothing about the platinum rule. I know the golden rule. She's like, well, the golden rule is you treat others how uh, you want to be treated. The platinum rule, she said to us, and we've stuck by it since then, and that is to treat others how they want to be treated, which is a totally different thing because you may want to be treated a certain way, right? But the other person may not want, you know, if you talk about love languages or I don't want to get too marriage counsel on y'all, but when you get married, you start learning all this stuff uh, that you don't know otherwise. But I just say, uh, yeah, the platinum rule is so important because it's not just about how you want to treat somebody else. Like, well, I'm treating you well. It's like, well, by your standard, my standard may be totally different. And it goes the same with our players. Sometimes we think we're doing a great job with our players, but they don't want to be coached that way, or maybe they want to, uh, whatever it may be. And, And it's not about, catering to them per se but we have to figure out how to get the best out of those around us and as real real servant leadership is not serving because i want to get something in return it's serving with a with a selfless heart to do what's best or do what's best by or for that individual and give and knowing that we're going to get back from the father above not from the person that we gave to you know so i think that part of that platinum rule and just knowing the true understanding of servant leadership is, in my opinion, is to serve without wanting to get anything in return. Just knowing that you want to see that person do well, or you want to see that person thrive, or you want to see that person have success. And sometimes, let's be honest, servant leadership is hard because you don't get the responses you want sometimes. And you may not get the feedback you want, or you may not get the, that person may not be feeling you. It may take a while to get there, but that's where the servant's heart comes is it has to have a certain endurance and durability and, and stamina to do it because, and, and the reason why is because you're filled up from someone else. You're filled up from above. You're not filled up because of, Oh, that person, I did this for them. They didn't even, they didn't even show me no love back. It's like, it's not about that. You know, it's really just about trying to figure out. And for me, I, I've, and it's hard to do, you know, like I said, my first, purpose that I set out to do is to relentlessly serve which means you're constantly doing it and and to more than one sometimes you don't want to serve certain people you feel like they don't deserve it but that's where you talked about God he puts up with us so how are we to judge we're supposed to see others how he sees and it's hard to do it's hard to do but again if marriage don't teach you anything you learn a lot uh, <laughs> in, in marriage so th- those are some of the best le- lessons in serving leadership for sure True indeed. I know sometimes he tells me I am showing out. Here she goes again, right? So I'm so glad that he loves me the way that he does. That's what he said when you got the hair, right? Yeah, he did. She, look at her. She's showing out. Right. Pink. That's what you're going to do? Hey, but listen, whatever it takes to bring his followers to him, we're going to do it, right? Pink, red, orange, and that right, Coach Chris. I think she's working, but yeah, absolutely, man. Do we have Hey, Jason, have at it. Well, I was going to say first, uh, <laughs> Huff, they not work on onside kicks in practice on Atlanta. <laughs> uh, you don't have to wait 10 yards when you're the receiving team. You can, you can get on the ball right away. <laughs> uh, 
but no, I, I just want to say good stuff, man. Uh, definitely proud of my big brother uh, for just everything he's done, how, how he's persevered. He's been, um, you know, my ride or die this whole time and, and my brother in Christ. And we always talk about iron sharpening iron. And uh, he's definitely been somebody that's, that's continued to sharpen me. And uh, I think that to, to Patrick's point earlier, man, I think that we, uh, as as black people especially, have to do a better job of sharpening one another. I can tell you, you know, I was on the I was on the men's side to start my career. I'm now on the women's side, but I kind of felt that same way um, as Brian kind of alluded to, is just being, you know, a black assistant coach, and a lot of times you're the only black assistant coach on the staff. It's like you're in competition with, with other black coaches in the business. Um, and so there's very little uh, sharing that went on, at least when I was on the men's side. Because um, it, it was always a competition, like you're competing for that next job or you're competing for the recruit. And, uh, you know, I think this pandemic is, I've seen the collaboration side of things, which, is, which has been good to see because um, you know, that's, it, it should be a, a business where we're pushing each other to be better. Uh, competition breeds, um, you know, it, it, it breeds, that, that competition breed brings out the best in everybody. And that's, that's, that's what it's all about to me. And, and, and so I'm an open book. If I can help any of you guys, you know, um, in any way, shape or form, I will. And I also think too, um, you know, we, we need more platforms like this. So coach Chelsea, I applaud you for what you're doing with this because, um, you know, this is awesome uh, to, to, as coaches, uh, not only are we coaching and trying to win, but we should be trying to lead and develop young people. And people always talk about the, uh, we're starting more and more to talk about the, the mental side of things. And, and, um, but I don't think we talk about the spiritual side of things um, enough. And, and that's, that's a huge part of the mental side of things. Uh, when, when spiritually you're in a good place, it's a lot easier to be in a good place mentally, but we don't talk about that. And I'll tell you one thing we do, um, and I'm not at a private school, I'm not at a public school, but I don't care. Uh, every Friday we circle up and we pray and, and we take prayer requests. And that's, that's, I'm not going to force my team to do Bible studies or force anything on them, but uh, whether they want to bow or not, they, if they, if they want to leave the circle, they can, but nobody has done that yet. Um, and, and typically things come up, like you, you, you get to learn what's going on, what our players are thinking about. Um, when you, when you, when every Friday, you know that there's going to be a prayer request and then that, that can lead to other conversation. And I think that helps with the mental aspect too. When you have players that are away from home that, that are, they've been entrusted into your family and, uh, it's one more way to have that check and balance and just to make sure that, that your players are, are okay. And, and uh, because they'll tell you, if something's really bothering them, they'll, they'll ask for prayer. And I think that's the time that a lot of people come to Christ is when, um, when they're in need or when they're struggling or when they're hurting um, or when a family member's hurting. And so um, I think a part of being a servant leader, and that's, that's the, the name of the podcast is, 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 helping to lead them to um, their spirituality and helping them to lead them to, to Christ. And, and, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's been, it's, 
it's been something that's taken away from taken out of schools and, and barely and talked about in sports, but uh, it's got to be something uh, that we help each other as coaches to get better at. And it's got to be something that we help our players uh, as well. So I appreciate what you're doing. I'm, I, I just got Brian Burton and did, I was long winded just now. So I apologize, but uh, uh, a really, really great job. Both of you today. I think that's just kind of another one of those things that with all the distractions going on, it's just, it's not something that's inside of mine. And I, I, I salute you. I applaud you. I'm, I'm honored to be here, and I love the fact that you're keeping it going. Like I said, Corey Black talked about it on his Zoom two weeks ago. You know, everybody was doing the pandemic when they were scared. Not everybody, but a lot of people. There was a lot of these kind of platforms talking about faith, and a lot of them have gone away. So I think that's kind of the part about when we get busy again. And like my brother said, it's, it's kind of been shunned out of schools, and it's like you're not supposed to talk about it, but uh, I appreciate you for celebrating it. And, hope that we all can continue to grow in that way because, you know, when it's all said and done, this life is the, is the short temporary life, you know, the eternal life is, is the next life. So I think my brother's a hundred percent right on always dropping, dropping wisdom, the young OG. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that so much. You know, what's like they say, what's better than one Burton too, right? So <laughs> y'all see what I did there? Uh, so I thank you guys. Truly, I'm humbled by it. And, you know, every single day, and that's the prayer, God, you know, you just tell me you move and we're going to move how you ask to move. And I think that's the biggest thing, as you heard me say the other night, you know, working on normalizing coaches of faith, right? And let it be okay. Right. I don't care where I coach, where I go, where I move, much like your wife says, my purpose remains the same. God remains the same. And we have to start teaching these babies. You know, you quickly asked me about, you know, how many championships and how many wins and losses I have. Well, how many souls have you won? Let's start that conversation. Right. And so that's what we're working for. You know, as I tweeted today, and it says we're worried about followers. Twitter did something yesterday and it was like, oh, my God. I lost my followers. Well, how many of your followers follow Christ? Have you asked? So that's just where we're going with that. And I just ask God to lead and move. So you're both all right. And I'm just, I'm just appreciative of you both. Truly. I love the, uh, I love the normalize. You said that when we were on the phone, uh, normalizing, you know, Christ within coaching and within our industry. And uh, I think that's one thing I haven't talked about with the logo on my shirt. And I've always felt like I work for God, no matter what logo is on my shirt anyway. He's helped me understand what that really means, but uh, definitely need more to norm, more normalization of that with our players, with other coaches, because again, there's, there's so much stuff you can get lost in in these times. Uh, one of my close, close friends, Ross Hodge, associate head coach at North Texas, he said this to me many times, and I've repeated it to many people, um, you know, recently since he said it, but he said, now more than ever, we need strong, Christian leadership and in particular he talked about male leadership which we need strong Christian leadership period um obviously he coaches men I didn't say that he coaches men so he was talking about men but uh we we need that you know and you leading this this helps more the conversation and there's so many ripple effects I'm sure you've created from how you've empowered people on this uh platform to continue to own their faith, kind of I talk about owning their, their journey and earning who they are. If that's a part of who you are, you, you, we need to own that even more, you know. Screaming from the rooftops, you know what I mean? Hey, let me 
if I'm screaming by myself, I'm be up there, right? I'm gonna be done. Like, like, like Atlanta was screaming after that game, but not quite <laughs> the same tone, you know. Hey, Coach Huff, yeah. I think you, man, they're coming for you, man. They're coming for you. Man, they're coming for me big time. But 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 I, I wanted to say something anyway, Ryan. You know, we we share a lot with each other, man. So I just want to say I appreciate you. Uh, I hope you don't mind. I, you got to tell me if you do. But what you shared with me this morning. I want to put in the chat because I think it's about what you talked about today. Uh, so if you don't mind, I'm going to put that in the chat so everybody so, can. So, can so no, it. I don't mind at all. You know, the beauty of what I got this morning, I actually got from my younger brother. And so he <laughs> sent the, uh, I talk about consistency. Like this dude has been sending a text every morning, Monday through Friday, at least for, I don't know how many years now to about, you know, six of us in a family. Uh, so I stole that. I, I put a little more spacing in it. I'm kind of big on spacing, so I added a little. I added a few touches to it. But that's completely from him. So yeah, I would love you to put it in the chat. No doubt. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, appreciate you, man. And, and I'm probably on. I'm probably on this largely because of you. Because the first time I asked Huff during the pandemic, I was like, man, I need like some kind of like spiritual something to go on, man. I need something. Like you got to give me something, Huff. And he's like, I got something for you. And then. I inboxed uh, Coach Chelsea, and she got me linked up. And so anyway, um, speak. so Anisha doesn't usually say much, so I'll, I'll try to make her say something. Um, Anisha is my cousin on my dad's side. Um, I didn't know, I didn't grow up knowing Anisha, but we met probably five to seven years ago, um, and just been close like brother and sister since. So blessed to have her again. Do so much behind the scenes with all access coaches corner and she does not get enough credit. So uh, she normally doesn't accept a mic when I try to give it to her, even though I've just started, but we'll pass the mic to her one time real quick so she can get some love. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate the love and the flowers. Miss Chelsea, you are absolutely amazing. Amazing. Wow, you are a blessing to us all, and I pray that you have much more continued success, bigger success, more than you can hold in your hand or a bucket. Thank you again so much. I appreciate you. Brian, keep doing Thank what you're doing. Keep growing. Keep going. Thank you very much. Thank you. I received that. Thank you so much. Well, guys, it's been a blessing. I'm going to tell you that. It's so funny. I was... Uh, Coach uh, Corey had to hop off, but he was telling me the other day, I stay, um, I stay back at work um, just because that transition, never want to miss the three o'clock hour. And, and, and when you hopped on, Brian, I was like, oh, goodness, the internet, the enemy trying to be in my internet. And it tried to tweet for a minute, but it came back, right? And then I was laughing because I was like, y'all going to have to forgive me because sometimes the band, you know, it's football season now. Sometimes the band is right outside my window. And Coach Corey told me, he said, those babies trying to get 1% better. I told y'all to get 1% better every day. <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to transition through both of those. But, guys, so, Brian, thank you so much, man. I mean, you're so humble and transparent. And, you know, God is right on time. Even when you messaged today, it was right at that moment where I was like, Lord, do I really want to keep doing this teaching thing? So just know that anything that I can ever do, um, I'm only a phone call, text, email, tweet away. I appreciate your transparency and your time. My brother, God is all over you. And I just appreciate you for being uh, just sold out for him and being open to tell your story today. Truly. I appreciate you. Yeah. I just, uh, it's still kind of same surreal to, 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 to be on these platforms. And like I said, uh, you know, God uses, I, I tweeted something about this similar today, but just 
Um, you know, God uses unlikely people that are flawed, that are that we don't think are chosen or selected during that time. And uh, I feel like I can relate to that. I feel like more people probably need to relate to that to know that it doesn't, it's not when you have it all together that he's going to use you. You know, most of the time it's when you don't and when you least expect it. And, you know, again, I don't, I don't know if I've been on as many um, Zooms or interviews ever in my life as I have during this time. Uh, and again, I don't have a, a quote unquote logo on my, on my polo. So you would think it wouldn't be during that time. And I think that's the beauty of how God wants to shine. And when we're just obedient and willing to, willing to um, do his work, he'll, he'll use us however, um, however he sees fit. So honored to be here. Keep it going. However we can support, please let me know. Great luck this season. I know you've been doing the 5 a.m.s or 6 a.m.s to get your team right. So keep cracking the whip. Get the hair in the pony, though. You can't have it down when you're coaching. Them. You got to lock in. Lock in. Hey, I learned some tricks to help it survive, so I appreciate that so much. <laughs> so if you don't mind, I don't know if you normally do this, but I feel like it, it, it's, it's like a prayer time. And so you mind, you, mind, you mind leading us in one or anybody well, can lead us in one? Listen, we always close in prayer. Listen, I feel uh, yeah, I was right. I didn't even know. See, I was right on time. Yeah, I feel like my grandparents would come down and say, girl, we taught you better. Let's go. What are you doing? Right. So my, uh, my guy, uh, Coach and Minister Dennis uh, popped up. I thought I was going to get him today and give y'all a special one because when he prays, I promise you, you feel like you're just about to walk on water when you get up. Uh, but absolutely, if you guys could just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you right now for the things that we've seen, the things that we've heard, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, mostly for time, time that you've given us, Lord God, just another day to get it right, but time that you have allowed this brother to come on and talk, Lord God, for he found it not robbery to be transparent, to be your vessel, Lord God, so that somebody may be free, Lord God. Help us to understand that your will will be done and we're your servant leaders, Lord God, but you get the glory. Help us to continue to shine, Lord God, not for our glory, Lord God, not for our own self-satisfaction, Lord God, but so that your people in this time can know who you are, Lord God. Work for us, Lord God, and help us to normalize knowing who you are and being coaches and leaders of faith, Lord God. We live in a world, Lord God, where turmoil is prevalent, where hate is prevalent, Lord God, where a pandemic is coming and sweeping people away. But even though these times seem unprecedented, Lord God, help us to understand that you already have a plan. We ask right now, Lord God, that you just heal our nation, Lord God. Be with our families, Lord God. Help us to seek you, Lord God, more consistently, more relentlessly, as our brother Brian said, Lord God. And help us, after all of this, to be mindful to give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In your son Jesus' name, we will always pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.